0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed.
0: From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must. Stay at home.
1: So, on day one of lockdown, we launched Lockdown TV, a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. So in the last 24 hours, five British MPs have been put on a sanctions list by the Chinese government uh, in response to sanctions Western governments put on them. One of them joins us now, Tom Tugendhat from Kent. Hello, Tom. How are you? Fine. So you
0: are now officially sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party. What does that mean for you? It doesn't affect me at all, really, uh, because I have no interests in China, either personal or professional. Uh, So for me, it's uh, not significant. But what this is, is an attempt to uh, intimidate British business people, intimidate British uh, politicians, and uh, by the way, intimidate many other people around the world. This is an attempt to bully. uh, And I hope it'll be seen for exactly what it is. So the mechanics was that the Western governments, there was a sort of
1: concerted effort by the US and Europe, to put some, admittedly quite tepid, but some sanctions on China in response to their treatment of the Uyghur population. That's how this particular incident started, isn't it?
0: Well, it's not just the Uyghur population. After all, Carrie Lam, the chief executive of Hong Kong has also been sanctioned for her violation of democratic rights of the uh, Hong Kong people. Uh, And that's been done by the United States, actually, not by the UK. Uh, So you're right, these sanctions, let's face it, have not been uh, very significant. And uh, what China is doing is demonstrating that uh, two can play at that game. The difference is uh, the West, uh, insofar as it is Western, is the uh, United States, UK, and Europe are putting sanctions on for uh, human rights violations, and China is putting sanctions on for identifying human rights violations. So it's a, it's a pretty strange parallel. So, why did they choose you, do you think? Well, I think they chose me because I chair the Foreign Affairs Committee and because uh, we have looked very hard at China's actions inside the UK. They're pretending this is about China. It's not about China, it's about the UK. You know, we published a report in November 2019 that quite clearly identified uh, hostile Chinese action inside British universities and attempts to silence academic freedom here. And so Quite understandably, the Chinese state uh, doesn't like the fact that we've exposed uh, the Confucius Institutes that claim to be educational institutions, but are not, or uh, the extremely uh, hostile actions of the uh, Chinese embassy here in London, its practices which are frankly undiplomatic, and indeed, its interference in internal UK matters. So what, what do you
1: perceive the threat to be? I mean, what what is the bad scenario that we need to avoid? And and what do you think China's objective is in this sort of
0: ongoing sabre rattling? There was a very interesting uh, report by the director of the the Europe Centre at Renmin University in Beijing, who uh, was making it perfectly plain. Uh, He's a regular spokesman for the Chinese Communist Party. So he's not he's not an independent academic. Uh, But he was making it perfectly plain that this is an attempt to split uh, the uk from the us and europe and this is you know this is not new we've seen this uh, many times in the past we've heard wang yi for example the chinese foreign minister uh criticizing uh the czech republic after some czech um officials including my opposite number in the czech senate the chair of the czech foreign affairs committee went to taiwan and we've seen this in in sweden where the chinese ambassador somewhat undiplomatically said for our friends we have flowers for our enemies, we have shotguns, uh, not exactly subtle. So
1: what do you think, I mean, if, if we look at, you mentioned Sweden there, but this is, a, all European countries are sort of involved in this. What do you want them to do, these countries? What, what, is, what should our response be? that we're not doing.
0: Well the response should be that we work together and not only on human rights because it isn't just about human rights but we work together on um, securing our science and technology bases that we uh, look to protect each other's businesses that we stand up for the human rights uh, sorry for the for the rule of law that has kept us uh, safe and uh, prosperous for the past 70 80 years and that indeed lifted 850 million chinese people out of poverty let's not forget communism through Uh, China into poverty. It's uh, international trade under the rule of law uh, that lifted it out. And, you know, I think we need to stand up for human rights as set out by the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is not a Western imposition. Uh, Those human rights were written by PC Chang, a Chinese diplomat. These are Chinese rights that we're standing up for. And it's quite something that the Chinese Communist Party uh, is the organisation that is looking to uh, condemn the Chinese citizenry uh, to uh, hardship, and it's uh, non Chinese uh, powers that are looking to stand up for the Chinese people.
1: So are you more worried about what's going on inside China, and its immediate neighbours? Or are you worried more
0: about their projection of power and how it actually might reach our shores, or maybe already has? So I'm uh, elected to stand up for the interests of the British people, and I'm elected by uh, the House of Commons to speak uh, on foreign affairs. That's the job of the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, And so what I'm particularly concerned about is what's happening here. You You know, I'm I'm very sorry for the people of Xinjiang and Hong Kong. Uh, But our job is to defend the interests of British people. So we speak out for British nationals overseas because, of course, uh, under treaty arrangements, including uh, the Sino-British Joint Declaration signed by China, um, Britain has a responsibility, not just a right, but a responsibility to speak for British nationals overseas in Hong Kong. Uh, But my principal interest is defending uh, the liberties and sovereignty of the British people. And what we're seeing at the moment is a direct assault on it. You know, there's no point in taking back control from Brussels only to hand it over to Beijing. And I'm afraid that could be what's happening.
1: So specifically, for example, you mentioned universities, we've had huge numbers of Chinese students coming to British universities, you've highlighted some security concerns around some of that, both for academic research, but also questions of academic freedom. Would you like to see fewer Chinese students? I mean, is that what it comes down to? Or what's the solution to that?
0: No, I think uh, we should welcome as many Chinese students as want to come. I mean, I think it's fantastic that Chinese students want to come. We are after all, training the red princes and princesses of tomorrow. Uh, You know, the children of the Chinese Communist Party who are spending more on their education than their parents have officially earned in their entire lifetimes. It's pretty extraordinary the level of corruption that China is going through that is allowing them to spend this money on their children. But I certainly do think we should welcome uh, we should welcome many of them uh, to study in the UK and indeed around the world. But we should do so while defending our own interests. You know, there are some universities, even in the UK, uh, who are too willing uh, to silence debate, to cooperate uh, in uh, Uh, Limiting academic freedoms and and very often they're doing it because they're so financially dependent on China either because they've got sites in mainland China or because the number of Chinese students in the UK uh, means that they are uh, Exposed to the possibility of having those numbers shrink and therefore putting their economic uh, Stability into doubt and so I think we should encourage Chinese students and by the way students from around the world to come to study in the UK I think it's very welcome, but we should do so absolutely open uh, to the reality that this also means that we have a responsibility to defend academic freedom and that's not just down to universities that's down to the government too are you worried
1: in the past year since this pandemic got going that habits that we would normally associate with a chinese authoritarian regime have started to creep over to western countries like ours i mean the stay at home lockdown is the most sort of obvious example and that's a whole other debate but it bleeds into a more general sense vaccine passports, checking in surveillance. Does all of that make you anxious?
0: No, I think, uh, look, I'm personally not in favour of vaccine passports. uh, But I do think that uh, if freedom, uh, if you have a freedom to go to the pub, the landlord has the freedom to admit who they want into the pub as well. Uh, I don't think you need a vaccine passport for that. Uh, And I'm deeply uncomfortable, as I think most of us are with the with the limits on freedoms that have been imposed over the last year. But I think we all understand why that is necessary. And we look forward to them being lifted very, very quickly. So you know, I, I don't think it is comparable to say that uh, measures taken in a public health emergency in the UK are the same as permanent measures of tyranny. uh, In China, they're simply not the same. The Uh, connection is quite clear there, isn't it? It came out of China, Neil
1: Ferguson said that he would never have got away with those kind of measures were it not for the Chinese and subsequently Italian example. And we've never in our history, confined healthy people to their homes in this way. And, And clearly, there's a there's a record of new powers and habits taken by governments sticking around long after crises. So is it not fair to draw a connection between those two things?
0: Well, I I mean, it's certainly true that uh, different ways of uh, of working have have paralleled each other. And I certainly accept that. And you know, personally, I'd have preferred to see, um, you know, the closing of the borders that Taiwan and Australia did. But you know, um, that wasn't possible for a whole series of regions. Um, we, We didn't quite jump on it quickly enough. So Uh, The reality is that what we need to do is to lift these uh, constraints and these restrictions as quickly as possible. And certainly, um, you know, the the government needs to do that. Uh, I know it got extra powers uh, which allow it to go until uh, six months time, but it needs to lift them the moment uh, that... uh, that is reasonable to do so, which I hope, according to the government's own timelines will be around the 21st of June. Uh, So I think that, you know, there is certainly uh, a job of uh, guarding the guards uh, for members of parliament today and powerful speeches by people like Charles Walker, uh, yesterday, and, uh, and indeed, many others on on, uh, all sides of the house were very important to listen to, but I don't think it's quite the same parallel.
1: You've actually been targeted, haven't you, uh, Tom, by the Chinese in various ways. Is it true that they hacked into your emails? They've they've sent letters to your house. Tell us about
0: that. Yeah. So I've I've uh, I've had letters uh, sent to my home, which is a sort of a "we know where you live" type message. Which by who? Doesn't uh, by people in in mainland China and uh, friends of mine in agencies have um, been quite clear as to who they believe has done it. And I've had uh, fake email uh, addresses set up in my name and sent out messages to people like you often claiming uh, all sorts of extraordinary and spurious um, uh, claims. Uh, and it's been, I mean, it's it's a minor irritation for me, because frankly, I don't have any significant interest in China, as I say, but uh, But you but believe that, is, ha-
1: that comes from part of a sort of wider government
0: initiative? Yes. There's there's absolutely no doubt that in a tyrannical state like China, these are not the actions of free citizens. These are the actions of uh, the Chinese state. Uh, There's no doubt about it at all. And speaking to um, Internet providers, it's uh, absolutely clear um, who has been doing it. There's really no doubt at all. Um, and so, you know, China's level of petty interference, which is really a demonstration of weakness, rather than strength, it, it is really pretty pathetic. But it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, so just, I hope you, you,
1: you brush that off in a, in a brave way. But I think a lot of people would be quite shocked to hear that, that the, you know, Chinese government, the, one of the biggest countries in the world is targeting individual parliamentarians of a Western democracy by sending letters to their home and hacking into their email address. I think that would surprise people that to know that was going on.
0: Well, uh, I'm sorry that it is a surprise. The Chinese state has been doing this to its own people for 50 years. It's hardly surprising that it's now doing it to people it considers a nuisance uh, overseas. The reality is that the Chinese government runs an extremely aggressive totalitarian regime, with which it seeks to silence dissent. It uh, has some of the largest numbers of people in prison, it has some of the highest uh, capital punishment rates in the world, it executes and imprisons in order to achieve its aims, and it intimidates in order to attempt to silence beforehand. And you know, the fact that I'm getting some minor irritation uh, shouldn't be here or there. So you're not allowed to go there? Is it ever again? Or is there a time limited? Period. Have well, you been? I have been to China. I've been a few times. But uh, I'm afraid you'll have to ask the Chinese state uh, when I'm next allowed to go. Last time, uh, I went, Liao Zhangming, the uh, Chinese ambassador here in the UK, attempted to tell me uh, who the Foreign Affairs Committee could take. And when I pointed out to him that it wasn't really up to me, and it certainly wasn't up to him, who parliament elected to sit on the Foreign Affairs Committee, he said, Well, you must make it your business and you must tell them not to come. Right? Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I'm not used to taking orders from the uh, paid flunkies of uh, foreign dictatorships, and so we ignored him.
1: And your assets within China have
0: been frozen.
1: Is that is that uh, a problem yes. for you? Do, and, and also, uh, I believe the assets of your family. Do, do you and your family have a lot of assets within China that are now frozen?
0: Yes, it's not. It's not a huge issue. We've uh, we've never taken up the opportunity to invest in Chinese real estate.
1: Let's end by looking at the bigger picture, Tom. I mean, clearly, this is one of these strange diplomatic exchanges that is how modern diplomacy apparently works. And as you said, it's not going to affect your life very much. But does it speak of a bigger hardening in the relationship between China and the West? And should we be worried that this could actually spiral out of control into really quite a frosty standoff?
0: Yes, I think it does. And this is the this is the real concern. Look, it's not about me and it's not about three or four other MPs. It's about the fact that the Chinese state is now demonstrating uh, a level of paranoia and weakness uh, that leads it to be unpredictable and a very uh, questionable partner. Look, I know I've been sanctioned, so I'm not going to go to China and I'm not going to risk it. But do you? If you don't, you could well find yourself changing planes in Hong Kong or going to do business in Beijing. And like uh, Michael Kovrig or Michael Spavor, finding yourself arrested on charges you didn't even know existed. Uh, And the problem that we're seeing now is that this means that one of the world's largest economies, one of the world's great countries, a country that really should have its people front and center of innovation, of enterprise, uh, of culture, science, of so many different things, is increasingly uh, acting Uh, like a wounded giant and is uh, demonstrating weakness where we really need it to demonstrate confidence and strength. And it's a great shame.
1: Tom Tugendhat, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Tom Tugendhat MP, a Conservative Member of Parliament here in the UK, who has now been put on an official sanctions list by the Chinese government as of yesterday. He told us about that and what its wider ramifications might be thanks to him. And thanks for joining. This was Lockdown TV.